What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So let's discuss some of the top storylines from the early going. We are now a couple weeks into the season. We're two weeks in, roughly 22 more to go. A lot is obviously going to change, but there are plenty of takeaways we can see right now. Some of them that might look ridiculous when we look back at them at the end of the season. But let's just go ahead and see what are the storylines that are kind of, you know, on, on the top of things in Major League Baseball right now? So number one is Francisco Lindor playing well. He's playing well for the Mets. You know, when the Mets traded for him last year, everyone knew they were getting a great player. So it's not really a surprise. But he had a rough year last season. You know, unfortunately, his first year in New York didn't go according to plan for a variety of reasons. But the way it's going right now, some Mets fans might forget last year if he continues this way. I mean, Lindor has been electric so far. He has four homers, three steals, great defense. He's everything the Mets could have imagined. And the Mets are also the fun thing, the most fun thing going on in baseball. You know, they were the first team with 10 wins. And Lindor might be a primary reason why. The Mets have a lot of expectations this season because they made a lot of moves over the winter so you know it's expected for them to play well so hopefully they can they can deliver on those expectations number two is that the angels are looking pretty good so far they have some good vibes better than we expected the reason i'm saying this is because they have all the ingredients the record might not be not be great right now but you're seeing the makings of of huge progress because first of all some some of the young players who have come up for LA for the Angels so far have been really good guys like Brandon Marsh for example we know that the Angels have wanted to go younger in the outfield that's why they got rid of Justin Upton but they're giving Brandon Marsh more playing time they're giving Joe Adele more playing time you know Adele's still finding his footing but Marsh has been wonderful Otani looks good both at the dish and on the mound especially on the mound I would say Trout's back in the lineup, and he's been good when he's played, and he, he looks like Mike Trout, same Mike Trout we, we've been accustomed to. Syndergaard looks dominant, and that's important, coming off of Tommy John. He's as healthy as he's been in four years, but, you know, this is a team that's still warming up. Health is always an issue with these guys. They have a bunch of guys who are liable to miss time, but we might finally be getting the Angels team that we were promised. Another big storyline, this definitely has jumped out to me as I was watching Verlander pitch, but the veterans can still pitch. I mean, as you might have expected, there aren't that many starters going deep into games yet because you had a shortened spring training. But, you know, that's probably why you shouldn't be surprised that it's the veterans that have been carrying the load early. These are guys that, you know, have a lot more tread on the tire and they know how to how to navigate a a season like this. Wainwright, Verlander, Grenke, Scherzer, Kluber, Carrasco, all these guys have, these guys are in their late 30s, Wainwright's 40, you know, or, or mid-30s. The youngest is Carrasco at 35, the oldest is Wainwright at 40. And, oh, I didn't even mention Clayton Kershaw, who's younger than all of them at 34, but he almost threw a perfect game. So all these guys, because they've been doing it for so long, 
you can see themselves pacing themselves for the long season, but there's a reason they've made it this long in their career after all. They know how to how to navigate a long season, and they've been really good out of the gate. So the veteran pitchers have put up great numbers to start the year. Next storyline is that Nolan Arenado may be having a career year. If you look closely, he's having some really good performances for the St. Louis Cardinals. And, I mean, he hasn't won an MVP before. I mean, he's putting up monster numbers right now. Let me just tell you, he's hitting 413 with five homers, 14 RBIs so far. Nolan Arenado, everybody. And obviously, gold glove defense. He's never won an MVP he finished third in 2018, fourth in 2017, fifth in 2016, sixth in 2019, eighth in 2015. It feels like he's won one somehow. I don't know because he's always been in the mix, but perhaps it's time. He's off the best start of his career. Bring up those numbers I just mentioned. He's won the Player of a Week award, and of course, you know that Gold Glove defense is there. If he can keep his career going, this team could out. This Cardinals team could outlast the Brewers in the NL Central, and. This could be the year Arenado finally wins that award. Another takeaway from this season is that the NL West is stacked. So last year, it was supposed to be Dodgers-Padres all year. It turned out to be Dodgers-Giants. This year, we might have four teams at each other's throats all year. The Dodgers are rolling like they always do. But they're one of four divisions in the NL West that are over 500. The Padres pitching looks light years better than it was last year. Their offense is led by Manny Machado right now, who's carrying this team, at least until Tatis gets back. The Giants are winning again in that magical way. They Only they seem to know how. They always put together wins. That's I feel like it's one of the more underrated stories in baseball, how the Giants always seem to win. They're kind of like, they're like the Tampa Bay Rays of the National League. And now look at the Rockies. The Rockies... They have the highest team OPS in baseball, and they also have a rotation that's holding up as well. So those are the four teams right now in the NL West that have a winning record. I mean, you have to pity the poor D-backs, but even if the Rockies fall off a little bit, that division is going to be strong all year. So these are the takeaways so far from the season. These are storylines. Just wanted to kind of go into that on a general level. In other news, Ronald Acuna Jr. is on his way back from a torn ACL. He played in his third minor league rehab game for Triple A Gwinnett on Friday. He went two for three with a pair of singles, a walk, and a stolen base. He's three for nine with a double and two steals overall on his rehab assignment. So if all goes well, he could return to the Braves lineup the first week of May. That is a great sign. That is a very good sign for the Braves. And, yeah, I mean, and he's coming back. He's coming back in pretty good time because he got hurt in July and he would be returning to to the field, you know, 10 months after returning to the major league field 10 months after his injury. I, mean, I, I forget. I don't think he had surgery right away, but, you know, yeah, nine to 10 months after surgery, that's that's pretty good recovery time for Ronald Cooney Jr. And they need him. He's one of the best players in the game. He's looking really good. The fact that he's stealing bases to me is a very good sign. That's a very good sign. That shows that he trusts the knee. When you're coming back off an injury like that, um, ACL surgery, it's it's one thing to for it to be physically healed, but then there's a mental aspect of it too. Oftentimes, athletes take a while to fully trust their knee and make hard cuts and 
slide and steal bases like Acuna Jr. is doing. When he gets back, he's going to be DHing, so he's not going to be playing defense at first, but the fact that he's he's letting it rip on the bases is a very, very good sign. So that is where things stand right now. Some great series going on this weekend. Enjoy them because, yeah, that's what, that's what baseball is all about. So if you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who'd be interested, and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.